0: After a somewhat slow start to these playoffs, we've seemed to hit our stride now. This is the push-up. Well, welcome everybody to a new episode of the Push Off Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week while it gets you ready for the next. I'm your host Scott Hogan, and joining us, as always, it's
1: Dan Road Warriors. Right, that's right,
0: Dan. We're here to discuss the divisional round of the playoffs. We missed a week. We did uh, la- last week. We did not record. Um, my my uh, my baby boy was born on the yeah! day we usually recorded. And that's that threw the week uh off for us. So Yeah. <laughs> and and in there fairness, was...
1: I didn't push you to record. I was like, <laughs> yeah. All right, listen, I know he's born, but he's out now. Let's fucking go. <laughs>
0: the wild the wild card weekend, uh yeah, wasn't uh smooth for Dan and then and then afterwards <laughs> didn't get smooth for me. So yeah well, we uh, that's we, why we I'm really that.
1: glad your son came into this world. your son is already doing me a favor. your son saved me a week of having to talk about that fucking cowboys game that's so right he's already man he's his his baby presence just got upgraded
0: now i do I do remember when your first was born that i I, I wrestled up some guest toasts and we did a podcast that week but but um, you had
1: you had some advance notice. That's true. He had some a little notice. bit
0: more advanced notice than this, so yeah, he came, he came this week uh, and he's doing great. So we didn't get to talk about Super Wildcard Weekend. We can spend a little bit of time on that now, Dan. If you want to, are you shaking your head? No, no, nope. <laughs> um, it wasn't a great weekend of games, honestly. To to no, to it flash really wasn't. Us. Right to flash us through it, the, you got the Bengals beat the Raiders. They knocked the Raiders out. Um, it was a good game. Which was a tight game, maybe one of the better ones of the week, mm-hmm. because then that night the Bills trounced the Patriots at oh, home. Brutal, brutal one. The
1: they, next day, they didn't yeah. punt or they didn't punt or kick a fucking field goal. It was it was disgusting. It was like it was literally a dismantling. It was yeah. insane.
0: Most of the Bills' points, they had 17. 47 to 17, most of that was in garbage time. Yeah. Same thing with the one the next day in Tampa. Uh, yeah. Buccaneers were up on that one, 28 or... I think it was 31 to nothing before the Eagles started scoring. Yeah. Um, Eagles in their own issues there, too. Uh, 49ers then beat your Cowboys in the afternoon one. Technically, that was the best game of the weekend, though, even though it didn't work out for your Cowboys. Yeah. As far as tightness-wise.
1: <laughs> I I will say... Um, You know, watching now, having known what the 49ers went on and did, I feel way better uh, about the outcome of that game. Not, you know, obviously would have loved to have won it, but we didn't deserve to. We had way too many penalties, um, which is the thing that's bothered us all year. So it's like this Cowboys team was not going to win a fucking Super Bowl. Did we have a puncher's chance? Absolutely. But with that many penalties being that fucking undisciplined, yeah, no good. But we'll get it. And and you're
0: right and the Niners are surprisingly a nice matchup for everybody in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, if you got um, a defense and a running game, shit, you got a chance. That plays in January, does it not? Uh, and then we tie Ben Roethlisberger's final hurrah. The loss in Kansas City, pretty big too. 42 to 21. Chiefs took care of business there. Actually, that one was very slow until the TJ yeah. Watt fumble. And then the Chiefs are like, all right, we'll play. <laughs> and they they did till that moment on.
1: That was a nice little uh, bit of ammonia waved in the face. They're like, oh, fuck, we're down? Jesus. Yeah. That wasn't supposed to happen tonight. Yeah.
0: And then uh, finally, um, Monday night. We had the Monday night game. The Rams beating
1: up on the Cardinals and it was like why the hell are the cardinals even doing here and it watching so there was watching a couple things where i was like oh yeah the cowboys aren't there i was like the cardinals beat us pretty recently and they just got fucking stomped by the 40 by the rams and the 49ers beat us and then they're going to go on and beat the 49ers or the green bay packers next week i was like yeah, yeah we were way we were way outside the realm of uh, in this fucking thing that's for sure Yeah, so that's what we missed last week.
0: So there you go. All that's taken care of. We move on to this week, which was a much better slate of games. Um, This might
1: have been the best weekend. This might have been the best full playoff weekend I can ever remember.
0: Yeah, it's certainly up there. There's those ones, there's those classics that you remember from your childhood and stuff, but a whole weekend of them, like Saturday and Sunday, that's what we got. That's what we got this weekend. Um before we get there, let's catch up on the coaching carousel, the GM carousel. Last week, the Texans fired David Culley. That came late. That was before uh, we recorded, so we haven't had a chance to talk about that. A new coaching open in Houston,
1: a good amount late. Um, what does this tell, Stan? Well, it tells us that David Culley probably tried to assert himself, yeah. uh, and Nick Casari was like, Oh, I'm sorry. I. I forgot to fire you. Um, let me <laughs> let me just take care of that real quick and move you the fuck out. Um, you know, there was some rumbling. We talked about this a lot. There were some rumblings down there in Houston that Cully wasn't going to be the guy. He was just there as a transitional coach. But I don't know if the Houston Texans have transitioned out of the mess they were in. So, you know, I don't know if it's an attractive spot anymore. A lot of that comes down to what you're going to get for Deshaun Watson, if you're going to get anything for Deshaun Watson, that makes this – Job more attractive. We talked about this a lot. There's only 32 of these jobs available in the whole fucking world, and there's hundreds, if not you know thousands, of people working towards getting this job um, every single year. Somebody's going to take it. I don't know how long they'll take. Maybe there'll be another one-year rental for Cully while they still figure this Deshaun thing out. It's not a good situation to be in. The Colts are better than you. The Jaguars have enough talent, or should be able to get talent in the draft here to. Get themselves back competitive. You've got a hollow war chest, and you've got a hollow roster that mm. doesn't really doesn't really make me want to join. Like if I've got a choice between two teams, I'm not choosing the Texans. He was a surprise. The Texans
0: were a surprising bad team, as we discussed in this year, and that's why we thought Cully's job was safe. But yeah. uh, this felt like it was. After players have packed up and left the you know the facilities, kind of firing. It's kind of an interesting one. I felt like there were maybe players that liked him, and they this is their way of getting around it. Or did they see Brian Flores get fired, and they go, you know what? Brian Flores was a guy that really liked Deshaun Watson, and Deshaun Watson maybe likes Brian Flores. Maybe that keeps Deshaun around if he can get past this stuff because that's a big. I don't know. There's a way that Houston can get past the black eye, or if he's you know acquitted or whatever is going to happen with all yeah. that mess well casario's
1: comments make that mm-hmm. more complex because he said i think deshaun watson has played his last game as a texan casario oh. has said that well how long and, ago because uh, we a week forget. ago oh just a week ago okay. so when if they, that they asked him about it and he's like yeah i think deshaun watson probably is like it would take a lot to get deshaun watson to play in a houston texans uniform again well, maybe that a flores... lot means brian flores though
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe it does. Because that's the connection. That was the trade that was always rumored all season long. And now both guys are... Well, now he's free. Flores is free to, to take that job if he wants it. But I don't know. We'll see. That one was early. I haven't heard a lot of Texans rumors, honestly, out of there. Um, but to segue us to a much more recent one and a much more later uh, ending of uh, head coaching, it's not really a firing. Sean Payton is leaving as Saints head coach. Uh, apparently, after the season, took some time on his own. wasn't picking up his phone, just dodging the organization, <laughs> and decided, "No, I'm I'm not going to return as head coach for the Saints." I guess his contract was up or whatever it was at point, anyways. But um, maybe it's time to get out. Saints are projected to be about seventy four million over the cap
1: heading into next year. Well, Sean Payton's just that sort of guy. Fuck him and leave him. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's not true. Sean Payton has raised the New Orleans Saints profile from what was a laughing stock to now a perennial contender. Um, mm-hmm. When Sean Payton decides he wants to come back and play football or coach football, he will have many, many suitors, one of whom will probably be the Dallas Cowboys. Um, you know, he's still got a house in Texas. He's still got a bunch of friends there. I don't think uh, Jerry Jones ever forgave himself for letting him go. Uh, and mm-hmm. you know, basically wanted to keep him instead of letting uh Bill Parcells be around. He wanted that Sean Payton guy, but yeah, I I think Payton's probably going to take maybe a year, and then he'll be right on back. I I don't think this is the end of Sean Payton.
0: Um, yeah, so this means though, Saints need to now hire a head coach. Um, there's talk that they could just uh, bring up Dennis Allen, who is the defensive coordinator yep. there. Uh, he has been a head coach before. He was a head coach for the Raiders back in 2012. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a mess in New Orleans, so it's not a exciting job to take immediately. You're not going to have a lot of, you're not going to turn them back around right away to a playoff team probably. You're going to have to find another quarterback. You're going to have to find a lot of guys on the cheap or take a lot of pay cuts. Uh, the big-name guys who are getting paid a lot are going to have to probably leave, like... Uh, Cameron Jordan, things like that here soon. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Saints are starting this head coaching job a little late here. We haven't had any head coaching coaches hired just yet, but the GMs are starting to fall into place, and so
1: head coaches will be next in like the next couple of weeks. I, I think it's going to happen. We're going to get our first hire, I want to say, by the end of this weekend. Um, you know, they usually try to hold that stuff off until the end of championship weekend, but right. there's going to be a coordinator from one of those four teams Um, I mean, Brian Dable's going to have a job here pretty soon. I mean, the shit he did in Buffalo, especially that, I mean, we'll talk about it soon, but the fucking (laughs) things I saw out of Buffalo made it fun. Um, Yeah. But I I did want to make one final point about Sean Payton. When he does come back, and I do think he will come back, um, he will come back and still be under contract control to the New Orleans Saints to the 2024 season. So he's still got two more years left on that contract. Ah, okay. Okay. So, so if he'll get traded the same way Bruce Arians did, the same way uh, who else? Who else am I thinking of? Yeah, Bruce Ari- Bruce Arians is the number one where he retired, was still under contract, came back, and then got traded. Saints will get something
0: for him then when he if he decides to come back. Okay. Yep. Well, there you go then. Um the GMs. There was some GM hirings. Uh, the Giants hired uh, GM Joe Shane. He was the assistant GM from Buffalo. Also, a Dolphins front office guy for many years, the GM hirings. I'd like to tell you I know a lot about these, but I don't. These guys are front office guys that you know the other front office guys should know, and the kind of an idea of who you like going into them. So we heard a lot of these same names. So I'm, I'm giving you who got hired, but uh, if I, <laughs> I I can't really tell you much more than their background, on, unfortunately. Um, the Bears, they hire, look like they're hiring Ryan Poles. That's happening today. The one thing is, is my Vikings, who also need a uh, GM, the talk for the last week has been that they're trying to decide between Ryan Poles or the Browns executive, uh, Koesi Adofo Um, Those were the two guys, and the idea was, well, both of them are going to get a second round of interviews here, but Ryan Poles did not leave Chicago. He takes the job there, so... I don't know. Did they steal our guy here? He was the Chiefs' executive director, played offensive tackle in college for Boston College. Um, Or are the Vikings now, you know, just going to go with the other guy they really liked, this Coesia Dofo Mensa, who is a and never played the game, but he's like an analytics guy. Apparently, uh, the smart uh, guy who's going to be looking at the numbers in the GM room. So these are the GM guys, Dan. Any thoughts on them?
1: Um. Yeah. Um. I mean, Ryan Poles is another guy. Like, they're picking these guys from successful organizations. Unlike some head coaching jobs where you will see, like, middling teams get their guys, you know, put up there if they're considered a wonderkind, um, you generally only get taken from successful organizations at the executive level. Uh, but Joe Schoen and Ryan Poles are both guys that have done it for a bunch of years, but. Yeah, to your point too. I do not scout GMS. I do not scout executives. Um, it either works or it doesn't. I I look at the coaching tree of like where they came from, and generally, guys that come from the Andy Reid coaching tree of executives, uh, they they know to get the fuck out of the way, um, <laughs> you know, and get yourself a good coach, and he'll take care of most of it for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, you can draw maybe some parallels to where these, uh front office guys came from and the coaches that they've worked under before maybe for your head coaching positions there we'll see uh we'll keep you updated here at the push off as these hirings and uh positions get filled like dan said 32 uh positions for gm well usually
1: i guess you're gonna split guys and stuff up there but 32 head coaches these are big jobs what do you got there there is one uh hiring (laughs) ben mcadoo has returned to the league (laughs) (laughs) coordinator that's true What coordinator? Offensive for. Offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. So, uh, yeah, he's got his work cut out for him. If, you know, McAdoo was a guy that, you know, always just had good players. And then when he had bad players, he looked like shit. So, uh, back to it. Carolina's got a bunch of bad players. So, do what you can there, buddy. Yeah. I think they wanted to move McCaffrey, was last I heard. We'll see. Yeah. There's Uh, been so many. I mean, the Bears' head coaching position, like, there's a great tracker on NFL.com of who's actually had. A uh, an interview, yeah. Oh, dude, holy shit! The Bears is insane. It's like everybody. What is it? Dennis Allen, Todd Bowles, Jim Caldwell, Brian Dayball, Matt Eberflus, Brian Flores, Leslie Frazier, Nathaniel Hackett, Byron Leftwich, Doug Peterson, Dan Quinn. Everybody. (gasps) Yeah, that's everybody, and it's it's down the board. Like those are the names. I would be shocked if those names I just read four of them didn't have a job. I guarantee you, of that list, four of those guys are getting hired somewhere.
0: Yeah, it's starting to kind of wind down, but uh, and you hear rumors, but I, I can go into the rumors and stuff of who they think the Broncos are going to hire, but we'll talk about it once once it happens, because yeah. it's going to be, you're right, it would probably be maybe by the next podcast, um, so. and we'll be talking about the championship game and heading into a Pro Bowl, so we'll need something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, let's talk about this great week of games. Oh, yeah. um, I just say AFC or NFC, we'll split the show on that uh, coin, Dan. Who do you want to talk about first? Which uh, well, side? Which conference? we usually
1: talk about game of the week uh, off the top of the show, and so I, th- I guess we got to start with AFC.
0: Okay, we'll go in that direction then. AFC, so game of the week: uh, Bengals Titans. No, <laughs> all right, we'll talk Bills Chiefs, thirty-six to forty-two. Who catch your breath, everybody? Uh, twenty-five minutes in the last two minutes of the or twenty-five points in the last two minutes of this game. Uh, but we'll talk about the whole thing first of all. Josh Allen threw four touchdowns, all to Davis, um, out of nowhere. Here, I guess Stefan Diggs getting some attention after his big year season last year, so they can just focus everything on him, and uh, you know, guys like Gabriel Davis go buck wild for two oh one and four touchdowns.
1: Has never happened before in the NFL. No wide for receiver the, has ever scored four touchdowns uh, in, in the history of the game, NFL, right? in a playoff game. Not yeah. even, not even Jerry Rice. Uh, yeah which is fucking crazy to me. This is the, you know, the passing leagues we're in. But you're right that we've been in the
0: the passing uh, NFL league for 20 years. So you're right. It hasn't happened yet. That's amazing. Um, And then the other side of the ball, Mahomes, three touchdowns. And ran one in himself. So there's four total. And then Tyree Kill, 11 catches, 150 yards. The man is just pure speed and a touchdown. Uh, both these teams scored on their very first drive. It was 7-all. You kind of had that feeling. Okay, it's gonna be ourselves at a, a track meet. Uh, but it was only 14-all at the half. Uh Butker missed a 50-yard field goal right before that, so we're stuck at 14-all. Uh back and forth, back and forth. Uh Chiefs have a 23 to 14 lead in the third quarter, and then they hit uh, Davis on a 75-yard touchdown, 21-23. Um, really, we pick it up at that two-minute warning, 26-21. Um, Bills take the lead. Then the Long Hill touchdown. Ty- Tyreek Hill catches it. It's basically what the, that that drive was, like two plays? Uh, Yeah, less than a minute. <laughs> and he's just gone, just runs by everybody, puts up the deuces. No flag, but we, we move on. Mm-hmm. Um, The Bills, though, don't quit. Josh Allen has a damn near perfect game I mean it is it was a perfect game he rides it all the way down the field and hits Davis again for that fourth touchdown this one leaving 13 ticks on the clock that was it Bill's fans rejoice I mean how can you not I even as a Vikings fan I'd be super excited at that point with all the heartbreak I've lived through you know this is it, at this point, it comes down to you know, that Minnesota miracle territory there of coming back in this one. But it was only a three-point game, so all they had to do was get in range, and it's Patrick Mahomes and it's his players that can just get open. They, they get down there to kick a 48-yard field goal, two plays in 13 seconds. Um, let's start there because there's a lot of talk about that kickoff after the, the Bills take the lead 36-33 with 13 seconds left. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's hindsight to say they should have squibbed it but Romo was saying it right before they or like right at that moment so maybe he's he knew something but I didn't I didn't think it would have mattered at 13 seconds what did you where were you
1: thinking I, I don't think it would have either I, I understand where Romo's coming from and I I agree with it where you go hey right now time is the enemy yeah because you need to reduce the amount of plays they can get off and 13 seconds gives you two plays if you can get it down to 10 seconds you've really only got one play I know that sounds weird, but it's like you really got one fucking play with 10 seconds. You've got two with 13. Um, that being said, I don't think anybody really thought the Chiefs were going to be able to march down the field that quickly mm. and get into field goal in range that fast. 13 fucking seconds. Like, we always joke about Tom Brady being like, you left too much time on the clock, and now too much time is 13 seconds. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> what can you do? What can you do?
0: yeah yeah that's a thing too and you, you you do throw your arms up at that point you're like well i we did you know what we everything we could this thing goes to overtime 36 overall and at that point too it felt like whoever's going to get this ball first because you're not going to let this thing other you know go back to the other team and, and everything you can possibly do yeah. um i get it if it's fourth down and Seven inside the red zone, you've got to kick the field goal. And over time, you got to do it and then give you know the other person the ball. But Chiefs win the toss. Mahomes doesn't does not give it back. Throws the little fade to Kelsey, which was a great pass, great catch. Chiefs walk it off that way. Oh man, uh heartbreaking for the Bills. I think a lot of us uh were cheering for Buffalo because Kansas City had been there recently. Um Not a lot against the Chiefs. I don't hate the Chiefs. They're a lot of fun to watch, and they'll be fun to watch moving through here. But, oh boy, what a game.
1: And I I think that's the delineator. We're still in that phase of Patrick Mahomes' career where, like, even if you want the other team to win, you're like, yeah, but this is fun. This guy's fucking fun. I I don't think anybody that was rooting for the Bills was rooting against the Chiefs. Um, The Chiefs being in this AFC Championship game, which, you know, we're going to talk about who they're facing, um, (laughs) it's... It's just fun. Like you can't lose. Whoever wins the next game is going to be fucking fun. Whoever won this game was going to be fucking fun in the championship game. So like you can't lose with another Buffalo Bills Kansas City Chiefs matchup. I hope they keep doing this. I hope that this becomes the Brady Manning because yeah. Josh Allen is on a, Josh Allen went insane in this game led the team in rushing, which is not sustainable, but he did it all year. I don't know how many more years he's going to be able to do that. Buffalo has got to get some sort of a fucking running game going. We like Devin Singletary, but it's it's not working, man. It's not working. They've got to get something too. else going.
0: Both of these quarterbacks led both of their teams in rushing. Like Watching this game is a little heartbreaking for me as a Vikings fan to be like, I will never see Kirk Cousins do this. Like, no. It, these quarterbacks are proving to the league and you um Ursa said it too like it's proving to the league that shoot the way to win now is having a quarterback who can do all of this and there's only so many of them in the league right now I do, believe... <laughs> <laughs> I do believe your
1: intensifies
0: i do believe deck honestly is one dan so you got at yeah. least that position there for now but good god i mean there's yeah and good luck finding another one of these guys um josh allen we weren't sold on him coming into uh, the the league. I mean, nobody saw this. Now you got to be saying he's what top? He's a, a, for sure a top five quarterback in this league.
1: Oh, absolutely. Ab- yeah. I mean, listen, I ate a lot of crow. I've eaten a lot of crow on Josh Allen. Um, still with the accuracy, <laughs> the accuracy in this game, not a problem. Uh, but right. he has fucking worked on it. His accuracy for the first three years he was in this league were not very good. This year has been a different fucking level. Um, To your point, though, we're going to talk about scouting down the road. This game, what we saw from this game put Malik Willis into the top half of the first round. I know that sounds weird, but, like, this game by itself moved a couple dual-threat quarterbacks up that fucking line a little bit. So, um, yeah, man, this, this is now, like, if you look at the AFC and you look at the divisional round of the AFC, Ryan Tannehill's is not a top five quarterback. But in terms of the top four guys in the AFC, three of them played last week, and mm. I would say Joe Burrow is that good. I would say Patrick Mahomes, obviously, Josh Allen, and then we got we got our boy. We got our boy Lamar in Baltimore. Jackson. Yeah, we Lamar, got Lamar Jackson could I mean, be. You got Justin Herbert
0: coming up in there. Now Justin Herbert doesn't yeah. have the 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 legs that josh allen and them do but he's still got the arm and he can move around somewhat here so yeah you're right there's a lot of good youth coming in the league this yeah this game proved it and then let's talk about the winner let's talk about patrick mahomes who uh now and this is just his fourth year as a starter has taken the chiefs to the championship game every year Fourth in a row. Um, yeah, I mean, he's already got a Super Bowl win and MVP for both the season and Super Bowl too. So um, just uh, accumulating all this stuff. Uh, the Bills, uh, you will have the Chiefs as their arch nemesis outside of the the division now because of these playoff losses. I get how that works, but um, you lost to the, probably the best, probably Kansas City here because they've been there, they've done this year after year, and uh, they're back again. Just in time.
1: Yeah, I don't think anybody's... I hope no one on that Buffalo team is beating themselves up. Because as good as Buffalo's defense has been all year, they weren't ready for this. No one's mm-hmm. ever ready for this shit. Um, you know, Andy Reid comes in every week. with And Eric Bieniemy. How the fuck is Eric Bieniemy not the number one name on, like, everybody's list? The offensive coordinator. I mean, I know he's got Patrick Mahomes, but there's some shit he's doing offensively, which is really bizarre. And it's very interesting. So... I would be shocked to see enemy not get at least a look here, and maybe that's maybe that's one of the reasons why we haven't seen a head coach hiring is because people want to talk to Bienemy, and he's so focused on the games. Yeah, perhaps um, Andy
0: Reid. Who knows how long Andy keeps this thing going? Maybe there's a handshake deal underneath there or something where it keeps Bienemy in a seat. True. Uh, those things those things seem to happen for these teams that are lucky enough to keep their 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 strong coaching you know backbone in place, but. At the same time, too, Chiefs have lost a lot of other coordinators and not a lot of success in the places they've gotten to either. So True. we'll see. I don't know. Um, Andy Reid, though, has had success from the tree. So that's not – it's hard It's hard to, 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 to wag the, the the finger at that just yet. But I'm very – you're right. I'm very interested to see if the Kansas City keeps – yeah, keeps some of their coaching here. The Bills at the same time too. Brian Dable's getting a lot of looks. Is he going to get a head coaching job because – Boy, he sure showed up uh, mm-hmm. for offense coordinator for his stuff here, too. Um, these guys, yeah, these guys put quite a show on their resume on Sunday night. What a great way to end the season! <laughs> I think uh, that's, the week. that's all
1: you have to do if you're Eric and Brian Dable is you just be like, I'd like you to watch these last uh, three minutes of game film. And they're like, oh, you're hired immediately. Thank you yeah, so much.
0: Slide the tape in. Uh, Is that a VHS? Just sit down and listen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Listen, you Um, need this more than I do. Enjoy it, please.
0: All right, well, we want to talk about that AFC championship game, so let's talk about the team they're playing, that's the Cincinnati Bengals who won in Tennessee. They beat the number one seed, Tennessee Titans, 19-16. This was a field goal battle of games, but a tight one, a good back-and-forth defensive battle. Uh, Joe Burrow, 348 yards passing, but a pick. Mixon and Chase went off. Um, Tannehill, uh, touchdown, but three interceptions. AJ Brown went off. Titans defense had nine sacks and putting Joe uh, Joe Burrow to the ground. Simmons three himself. But yeah, really it came down to the kickers, and Evan McPherson was the the big name with four for four.
1: I I think you have to you have to put this game squarely on Ryan Tannehill's shoulders Mm. this loss was squarely on Tannehill and it sucks because he's had such a good couple seasons and he's really turned himself into a serviceable quarterback but I think you saw the difference between I know Joe Burrow had a pick but Joe Burrow elevated his team at no point in time during this game did Ryan Tannehill improve Tennessee's chances to win this game and that's just it's kind of a gut punch man I mean the guy threw a pick on the first play of the game. The first play of the game. And I know it's scripted, but that's just a fucking bad read. You know, you can't make that throw. You can't make that throw into flat coverage with a safety that's playing down. You just fucking can't do it. And those sorts of things are the difference between being in the AFC Championship game and going home as the number one seed. I know they were rusty. A.J. Brown needs to get back in rhythm. I know Henry didn't. never really got in rhythm in this game, but... Honestly, it, it's all on Tannehill. Tannehill was making bad decisions out there. Um, the offense coordinator didn't help him, but uh, I I put this game squarely on Tannehill because the Tennessee defense did everything they could. No kidding. Yeah, the uh,
0: the Bengals honestly early on I felt like ah oh, they're kind of leaving this door open for Tennessee. They're dominating them but kicking field goals, and that you know might not be enough. And t- to the to my credit, it wasn't. This game got tied at sixteen all into the fourth quarter because the Bengals, who were dominating the first half were like yeah field goal field goal nine six at the half what was real funny too was the titans scored the first touchdown kicked the extra point take the lead and due to the Bengals having too many men on the field they're like all right well, we're gonna take that point off go for it here at uh, the two-point conversion and not get it so it remained tied so the titans due to that Never had the lead in this game. They were always playing behind, always playing catch up. And then once they did, it was the interception at midfield by Tannehill that put the Titans in place to kick the winning field goal. So you're right. Due to that, due to the fact that Henry was not a hundred percent, probably seventy-five to eighty percent, Tannehill had to do more with his arm, and that's what put the Titans in trouble.
1: Yeah, I mean that's comes down to it you start the game and you basically end the game with an interception um yeah. in the middle it doesn't it doesn't matter it doesn't matter that you weren't inefficient it doesn't matter that you kind of settled down turnovers are the great delineator of whether or not your team wins and we talked about you that. if you win the turnover
0: sorry i didn't mean to cut you off i'm glad you say it doesn't matter no, too, no because worries. his throw to a.j brown that touchdown was so amazing the the tan nail throw it was amazing. AJ Brown turns around and just puts an arm there and he like right into his right, just right into the crease of his arm and his body, and it was like that's a great pass. But you know what? Doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> there, I here's the perfect example, and I it is fucking hilarious that I, I think it was I think it was Curse in the Super Bowl where the fucking uh, Seahawks are marching down the field and they almost beat the Patriots. And curse makes this like, fucking insane catch, and we don't talk about it because they fucking lost. Because mm-hmm. when you lose, it doesn't matter all the cool shit you do. It just matters the bogus shit that got you there. And yeah, that was one of the better throws I've seen a professional quarterback make, and then it doesn't matter. We're yeah. not talking about it. That's not a conversation that we're having. Um, we do need to crown Jamar Chase as the Offensive Rookie of the Year. I know, I'm sure that the kid in New England did pretty good. Mac Mac Jones had a great year. Jamar Chase is already a top 10 wide receiver, potentially already a top five. The kid is filthy. It's disgusting mm-hmm. watching him play, and I love it. Um, I know we named him an elite, and I'm going to keep harping on that because it's so obvious. And in hindsight, all the stuff in preseason, like that's got to make you so happy as Jamar Chase. You're like, you get to leave all that shit behind you preseason so long ago you are now one of the elite wide receivers in the league and you're going to an AFC championship game in your rookie season that's fantastic yeah,
0: yeah. I think that that's something that you have to tell these uh guys right now Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and stuff like that is like hey go, you know this, this AFC Championship game happened right away for you guys. This isn't a regular occurrence. I mean, especially not for the Cincinnati Bengals. Gosh darn. No. So uh, don't take it for granted. Come out there and play because the Chiefs surely aren't, and the Chiefs are going to be ready to go on you guys this this week too, especially because Bengals beat them. Bengals beat them in Cincinnati not too many weeks ago. Very good game. Yeah. So cannot wait for this one that, that kicks off. Uh, this is the earlier game on Sunday, the two – 15 ish, is that right? Uh, start time, I believe. I'll get it yeah, over this to one's it. the early guy. Um, in Kansas City, Cincinnati Bengals at Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, let's start there, Dan. What are we thinking of this game?
1: <sighs> I don't think anybody can hang with Kansas City offensively right now. They were doing things in the run game that were so creative. They were getting Jarek McKinnon involved. They were getting Clyde edwards helaire involved. They were rushing with Mahomes. They were rushing with everybody, Me, Cole Hardman. They were attacking you on the ground and in the air with everybody. The Bengals are very, very good. Very good. But the Kansas City Chiefs are just better, and they're at home. And I, I think that's going to be the difference. I, I really want to see the Bengals again. I'd love to see Joe Burrow in a Super Bowl. I would. I want it. That's what I want. I, I loved watching him play that national championship game, how cool and calm and collected he was, what a fun game that was, how explosive it was. This Bengals offense can be really, really interesting, but Kansas City's got the history. Kansas City has got the ability. Kansas City has got everything. They, they check all the boxes. The only thing the Bengals have over the Chiefs is a better defense. Hmm. But the Buffalo Bills had a better defense too, and it wound up not mattering because when you boat race somebody and you just start doing the body blows, do you know how many ten plus drive uh, or ten plus play drives there were in that Buffalo um, Kansas City game? Seven. Jeez. There were seven. No defense in the world. The greatest. The fucking Ravens from two thousand would be like, "Fuck, I am toast <laughs> by the end of that yep. game." It doesn't matter if you keep doing what the Chiefs are doing. The However good your defense does, it doesn't matter. And I did want to talk about that. Uh, you mentioned, hey, it's in your second year, and Jamar Chase, it's in your first. Yeah. This is not very common. Uh, Dan Marino went to a Super Bowl in his second season. He was 23 years old. And he, he <laughs> talks about it. he goes, and when I lost that game, they said, ah, man, that's fine. You'll be back here next year. And he never went back. Never went back. This shit this window is so fucking small. It's so fucking small. And as much as you shouldn't blow your brains out if you fucking don't make it to the AFC Championship game, man, you got to get right back at it next season because you've earned nothing. You've <laughs> earned nothing in 2022. That's the crazy shit.
0: Yeah, that's what sucks about these games. Um, here's the thing about the Cincinnati Bengals this year. So yeah, uh, flash in the pan. I was looking at... Uh, I think I told you I did like a... Yeah. Um, uh, power rankings of sort through the season and i so i had guessed at the beginning of the year where these teams would be and of the four that are left of course the cincinnati Bengals are so far and away the surprise this season uh we knew they were going to be better but this was a team that picked first overall for joe Burrow two years ago so boy the difference a quarterback makes that's one and two um Yeah, they built their offense, and then they just made their offense better. They went out and got a lot of uh, free agents for their defense, but it's working. Um, The the I I love the kicker Evan McPherson. The guy is perfect through uh, postseason here, and you know having special teams you can count on is a big thing. Am I right, Green Bay? Like this is huge. So uh, I like everything that Cincinnati has, but you're right. The one thing the thing the Chiefs have them over is coaching and they've been there before and there's so much I feel is heavy on uh, the teams that have won in these situations prior and that was the one reason why I did not think the Bengals were going to win last week honestly was you know they're a very good team and I think they could be better than the Titans but if the Titans are getting healthier the Titans have won these playoff games before so they'll be ready. So if I'm trying to talk myself out of it, that that was a surprise. But can the Bengals string it together for two big old surprises after so many years of uh, not winning play in the playoffs? I hope so. And in a in a sick way, I might Crazy. be excited to see that happen. Uh, but I think the Chiefs will win. Uh, I think the I Chiefs think so will be too. going back to their Super
1: Bowl. Yeah, um, and I which think is the one the one thing that's eminently apparent is that I don't think you want the number one seed in these playoffs anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's, so that's an interesting way of saying it, too, cause, and we'll talk about the NFC after the break, but let's let's bring that up. Um, the the number one seed, you, you get home field advantage, and you're the only team to get a bye week, to get healthy, to not even play for a week. Is it that detrimental to skip a week to be given an automatic win as we saw it was this
1: week? I think there's a – I mean, here's the thing. The Cowboys played everybody week 18. They played everybody. They didn't need that win could have gone into the, you know, into the playoffs fresher. Didn't fucking matter. The Tennessee Titans, Green Bay Packers got the number 1 seed, got a week off. Didn't fucking matter. Sometimes you just get fucking punched in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And I th- I think the thing that helps your jaw not getting punched in the mouth is like you have to go into the end of the season strong. You have to end the season strong. The Titans didn't really end the season strong. The, I mean, I know they won their last game, but they let the Texans back into that thing. And yeah. the Green Bay Packers lost to the fucking Lions is the last game of their season. Losing begets losing. That sort of losing mindset is very strange. The only time I'd say it's a good idea to like, oh yeah, that's fine, you can get the number one seed, is if you literally have it sewn up in like week 16. And mm. then you can, the last two weeks, you're like, all right, let's try weird packages and play a quarter each. But I, I don't know. I don't know. This is a brand new playoff system, and the number one seed is bounced out of the playoffs already. It's fucking crazy.
0: And so. We, so it's been two years so far of this new seeding, and the number one seed was bounced out uh, the very first week, both games this week. Last mm-hmm. year, only... The Chiefs, right, made it a Super Bowl. The uh, yeah. Buccaneers were not. Buccaneers took out Green, they Green were a Bay. Wild card was, team. Wasn't Green Bay the number one? Again I'd, last year?
1: I was Green Bay?
0: That's a good question. It? I want to say it was because that's, well, that's who Tampa won in Lambeau. Tampa won in Lambeau for the championship game, but Tampa also was a wild card team because the Saints were the divisional winners there. So either the Saints or the... Um, Packers were last year. As you're looking that up, though, what we're saying is yeah, only one of the so far four number one seed by week teams have made the Super Bowl. So it's not a guarantee. It's not a big uh, advantage, obviously, as we're seeing here. There is something to just, yeah, doing that week to week thing, that grind, knowing, all right, this week on this day we practice, then we play, and that's how we go. Um, and that's what we saw here. So yeah, we're both taking uh, the Chiefs to beat the Bengals and go to their uh, third Super Bowl in the matter of four years. Third straight. Third straight too. That's right. Third straight. So we'll see if they do or not. Uh, let's take a quick break. And when we return, the NFC playoffs, uh, and we discuss that championship game. We'll be right back. This is the push off. Right, ladies and gentlemen thank you for returning to us here for the second half of the push-up podcast we just discussed the AFC great great games for the uh, divisional round so let's move on to the NFC and that it's time begins... for the
1: two minute no offense
0: <laughs> yeah 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 two minute no offense which is just the NFC playoff games no no we'll give them we'll give them plenty of time here these were big games we had the uh 49ers sneaking out the win in Lambo 13 to 10 in the snow the flurries um and the cold this one was the defensive battle you want the opposite of the bills chiefs game you could say yeah um and special teams special teams battle too garoppolo 131 total yards and an interception that's it uh it's the 49ers defense with five sacks is probably about the only good stat there from the niners that you can pull is the defensive game Rodgers uh, could only muster 255 yards passing, no touchdowns. Uh, Aaron Jones was the big guy for the Green Bay, 170 total yards from scrimmage. So they focused getting the running back the ball, and he had one big pass play too. But that was it. I mean, that's it. That's what the stats show for this game. Um, Packers scored first on a Dillon touchdown on their first drive, and then it was 7-0 nothing. For the longest of times uh right before the half they the packers line up for a field goal blocked so seven to nothing at halftime um then we move in um garoppolo moves the team down oh i guess that was right before the half too. garoppolo throws an interception on the goal line so that 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 devastates you if you're the niners who had nothing on offense other than that drive come away with nothing um but uh the second half is a good kickoff return by Debo samuel that sets up their field goal it gets the niners blood moving a little bit it's three to seven then into the fourth quarter early fourth quarter packers kick a field goal it's 10-3 um 49ers are at fourth and one at the packers 19 yard line and run it up the middle can't get anywhere in fact it's like a three yard loss so at this point, it, it sure feels like this game's over. The Niners have had mustered about two drives all game yeah. long, and they've ended with nothing. Fourth quarter uh, turnovers and fourth down conversions just turned off. But after that run, Packers go three and out, are punting from their end zone. Block punt, games changed on a dime. Touchdown uh, 49ers were tied up at 10. Um, I'll keep going. Uh, <laughs> then Green Bay, another three and out. They give it back to San Francisco, about three minutes, 20 seconds left. All they have to do is get in line for a walk-off by Robbie Gold from 45 yards out. I mean, all they have to do. But this was this was a Niners offense. It did nothing until the very end. And then it was like, uh, Jimmy's going to throw a couple of slants. We're going to give the ball to Debo. He's going to make a couple guys miss and get a couple of huge first downs. And then we're going to sneak out of Lambeau with a win. And the Niners did.
1: I don't know if I've ever seen a second half more predicated on, hey, Jimmy, you're not allowed to touch the fucking ball anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Like, all the 49ers did the entire second half was run. And all the Packers did was kind of sleepwalk their way through it. There was no killer instinct from the Packers. There were three or four opportunities they had to put their boot on the throat of the Niners. Um, I, I find it interesting you mentioned at the end of the first half Jimmy throws that interception, and then the the thing we didn't talk about is Mason Crosby got a field goal blocked. That was that, the one,
0: yeah. I got I was back and turned around. You're right. It was the interception, then a 39-yard field goal, and he gets it blocked, yeah.
1: That would have been 10 nothing at the half with a Jimmy G interception and the Niners doing nothing offensively. Mm-hmm. Instead, because they kept it inside and it was still a one-score game, That one score game changed the way the 49ers were able to attack offensively and they were able to just fucking run the ball. And we talk about this a lot. Running is body blows. It's like body blows in boxing. They had 30 carries, 30 rushes in this game. I think Green Bay had less than 20. And Green Bay had the lead for the majority of the game. So one of these teams was still hitting the body uh, throughout the entire second half and the team that lost was not. Um we talked about it before. If you bring a defense and you bring a running game, you got a pretty good shot in these playoffs. And the 49ers did and the Packers didn't. Their defense was good, but they were playing Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm pretty good against Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> uh, the guys fucking atrocious. Um and it, I, this is this is crazy. Like I know we always do everything is like a relationship analogy, but like Jimmy G is like the girl you're going to break up with but you've already gotten yourself committed to a bunch of weddings you have to go to and she keeps catching the bouquet. <laughs> like she, you're like, God damn it. Stop catching the fucking bouquet because it's not happening. They're not. <laughs> Jimmy G is toast in San Francisco after this. There's no way he's coming back. Um, and games like this are like self-evident. So if unless Jimmy G somehow drab grabs this fucking team and brings them to the Super Bowl, there is zero chance Jimmy Garoppolo comes back next season Even if he brings them to the Super Bowl, unless he wins the fucking thing, there's zero chance Jimmy Garoppolo is coming back in a 49ers uniform next year. It's wild. Um, And the joke is that he can't throw it outside the numbers. And
0: even when it was desperate and they had to have passing plays late in that game and how good the Packers' defense was playing, that they didn't see the inside slants coming to these guys. It was so weird to me. Um, watching the end of that game, it was like, uh, you know, the Niners can only do so many things, especially when you take away their run game. And the run game, you're right, they kept running it, but it wasn't very successful. Nobody really averaged more than four yards per carry other than Juice Check, who had two nice runs. That was it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it was – uh, yeah, the Niners, I don't believe, had any business winning that game. But the Packers never – like you said, they never – took it upon themselves to win it either they never did they never picked up and go all right we'll take care of this um I texted you and and I I'm trying not to be a Viking homer here I I think all Bears fans all Vikings fans are going to enjoy this Packers loss this early Packers exit a little bit as uh, a statistic sadistic fans as we are but I want us to ask seriously and at what I asked you after this game is what makes Aaron Rodgers the MVP of this league this year i'm sorry like i think the 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 passing record went to tom brady uh there's other people that that might even have more passing touchdowns than him maybe his touchdown interception ratio is good it always is he's a very good quarterback i get it he's he's a top five guy too but listen the the team was not blowing anybody out and he's had some bad games um also for the nfl i think you know maybe a the guy that you choose for this award should also bring a little something off the field that's not a hindrance to your league, too. But that's just me. I don't know. That's where I stand with Aaron Rodgers and these Packers.
1: I'm not saying he is the MVP. You know, I think if the Colts had made the playoffs, I think Jonathan Taylor might have been the MVP. Could have been. I still think there's a chance Jonathan Taylor might be the MVP. I'd like to Um, give it to
0: Cooper Cup. I mean, <laughs>
1: Cooper Cup. Absolutely, Cooper Cup would be the first wide receiver. I mean, that honestly deserves the MVP. I mean, he, Matt Stafford can ask you. I mean, we'll talk about that game in a second. Matt Stafford can ask you. Matt Stafford is giving his vote to Cooper Cup.
0: Um, yeah, the the receiver triple crown It's like the first time since Steve Smith did that, like re- receiving yards, touchdowns, and receptions. I get it. The MVP award is the quarterback award. So be it generally,
1: unless you have an absurd year, which Cooper Cup has had. So right. I, I don't think, I mean, especially after a game like this, if there's any votes for MVP that aren't in yet, they switch to Cooper Cup.
0: Perhaps. perhaps <laughs> I, I sure do. hope
1: so. You know, and maybe there's maybe there's enough dissent about who the real MVP is that you, we would see a dark horse candidate slide in there. Um, but there is zero unanimous MVPs this year. Yeah. Um, No one ran away with it. And so, yeah, this could be the first year ever that a wide receiver wins it.
0: But a a wild game, uh, to say the least of it. I mean, maybe it was weather affected, but you're talking Aaron Rodgers, no passing touchdowns, but the 49ers also, no offensive or defensive touchdowns in this game, and they still come out with a win in the divisional round. Um, The Niners were one of those teams I was very high on coming into the season, uh, immediately, at the start of the season, I was like, well, I was wrong there. But here they are, one of the last four. It's amazing. Um, yeah. So I'm impressed with them very much, and they've got to be happy with who they're matching up with. I'm making this a segue, Dan. We're going to go to <laughs> the Rams beating the Buccaneers, 30-27. to This was the uh, Sunday afternoon one. Um, this was probably of the four the most boring for the longest amount of time within the game mm-hmm. and then got really fun at the end and still turned out to be a very good game uh the rams started off hot and they looked really good uh stafford 366 yards passing two ta- touchdowns passing and a rushing one cooper cup 183 yards and a touchdown and then on the other side tom brady 329 touchdown and a pick Fournette was back and th- ran two in um Evans was obviously Brady's only wide receiver he trusted, cut 119 yards and a touchdown himself. This was all Rams early. It was 10 nothing. It was 20-3 to Rams at half. So it, it felt like Rams were going to run away with this. It was kind of surprising that the defense was giving Brady a hard time hitting him in the face, and then Brady would get the flag. That doesn't seem fair. That's not how it goes for Thomas Brady. <laughs> um, yelling at the refs and everything. But, uh, yeah, the the Buccaneers honestly did get a, a string of some personal foul calls in this one that seemed a little uh, sure. heavy-handed maybe, but uh, it still didn't affect it. This game got fought back. Um whereas it was 27-13 LA into the fourth quarter then some field goals a deep pass to, to Evans it's 27 to 20 this game is right back uh acres with a fumble acres fumbled the ball twice in this game in fact the rams fumbled it four times as a team and uh just a, that's what i think got the buccaneers into it not so much a a good comeback from the ram uh, from the buccaneers just just the rams coughing it up the, the Acres fumble was a rough one. That one brought it immediately into field goal range uh, for the Buccaneers, or no, uh, sorry, in uh, range for them to tie it with a touchdown. This was all set at 27 with 42 seconds left. For 42 seconds is not 13. It's not what Mahomes did in <laughs> Kansas quite. City, but uh, two plays, both basically to Cooper Cup, and the Rams were in it for a field goal walk-off.
1: This game was 27-3. to 3. Well, not at a time. Well, it was, it 27 was 27 to, six. to 3. Six. No, it was 27 to 3. you sure? Oh, yeah. you're right. You're right. This, this was a 24-point lead that After, the Rams blew. To start
0: the third quarter, the Rams got that touchdown, 27 to 3. Thank you.
1: It was. I think I texted you when it happened. I texted you when the Rams scored. I was like, well, there you go. I was like, that's the fucking game. And the Rams proceeded to bumblefuck this thing into an almost loss because to your point this wasn't the Buccaneers being like hey we got it this was the Rams fucking this up this would have gone down as maybe one of the worst choke jobs in playoff history maybe one of the worst but it doesn't matter because they won (laughs) but it was a 24 point blown lead 24 points blown in a quarter and a half not even a full half. It's not like it was 27-0 or 27-3 and the fucking Buccaneers came out of the gates with second-half adjustments. It was 27-3 in the middle of the third quarter. Yeah. And they fucked this up. We talked about it a little bit with Tennessee. Turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. When you lose the turnover battle, you should not expect to win. It is only because of a Cooper Cup miracle catch. I'm Sorry, not miracle catch. Miracle route. Mm. Uh, that he ran, that he was able to get free. Cooper Cup was able to get one on one coverage with a fucking safety. Like <laughs> that shouldn't have happened. <sighs> no. You're gonna get fired, Todd Bowles. Jesus Christ. Like that is <laughs> that is a bad enough defensive player that Todd Bowles lost all of his fucking head coaching interviews right there. D- uh, they're like, Oh God, it's fucking single high coverage on it for a safety with Cooper Cup. Jesus, no. Um I I would say I, I wasn't going to lay this on Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford did everything he was supposed to do. Had a great first half. Stafford looked great. But then McVay did the thing you're supposed to do, which is run it to salt away the victory. But Cam Akers is not explosive. Cam Akers, yeah. like, they should have gone somewhere else. Like, Cam Akers is not the guy. I would not be shocked to see Cam Akers get, like, less than seven carries in this championship game. I know that sounds cruel, but he's not ready. He's not ready to go. I mean, the guy came back from a fucking major injury. I'm glad he can contribute, but he was not explosive. He had twenty four carries for less than fifty yards. Yeah. That's not what you're looking for. You know, that's that's not a complimentary running back. That's a that's a dead body carrying a ball. Um so I would I would be shocked if Cam Akers has a has a lot to do um in this NFC championship game.
0: You're right. I could see Sony Michel getting back in there as the starter. He was looking good at the end of the season for him, so there's no reason to, yeah, yeah force feet Cam Akers that much then. Um I'm glad the Buccaneers lost here. I'm glad the Rams won because, you know, Tom Brady's been there, he's done it over and over again and after a while, you know, it gets old to see the same thing again. It looked like he was gonna pull it off there at the end though. I mean when the Buccaneers tied it, it was like, God dang, this is what he does, huh? And uh, sure enough, and I think there was even those jokes by the two, it too when we went twenty to three at the halftime. I was like, well, Tom Brady knows how to come back from twenty eight to three, so you know, or whatever it was, the, uh, in the Super Bowl. So yeah, it was always like a possibility back there, but it sure felt like the Rams were kind of trying to make that happen. Um, again, that that last drive to get in field goal range after the whole lead was wiped out was basically two Cooper Cup plays. Um, that's what it was for the Rams to take the lead back in that Niners game in the last week of the season. Cooper Cup a couple of times and then got into the touchdown. Uh, it ended up still not being enough because the Niners went down, tied it, and then won in overtime. But he is the biggest part of their offense now. If they can't get running game going, it's it's all Cup. Um, Beckham is slowly coming into his own too. Yep. Beckham actually looks like a, a weapon that he hasn't looked like since his first for few years in New York. So, um, yeah, the Rams know how to run their offense, and the Rams still have the defensive pass rush to be a wreck. So that's what they did in this one, and that's how they got their win. Big, big win for the Rams because they now they get it's to huge. go back home. Not only yeah, that, I mean, uh, go
1: ahead. They get to host – They get to host an NFC Championship game and then a Super Bowl. Right, if things all
0: go well, they don't have to leave. Um, This is so... That that was something, too. I remember in 2017, the Vikings were having their home, uh, the Super Bowl there, and heading into deep into the playoffs and that discussion of, like, well, what happens if they have to do a home game? So SoFi Stadium is getting a home championship game just two weeks before the Super Bowl happens there. Um, It is also... if the Rams win the second year in a row that there's a home Super Bowl game because the Buccaneers got theirs last year um I guess it's happening more and more as we don't see games Super Bowls played in college stadiums as much anymore the Rose Bowl doesn't host the which was the last time I guess the Super Bowl was played in LA uh Rose Bowl between Cowboys and Bills back in I know I remember it well (laughs) yeah
1: I had an old T-shirt that I outgrew when I was seven years old.
0: So we'll see a Super Bowl in L.A. during a pandemic. What can go wrong?
1: (laughs) Well, the nice thing is, either way, California is getting a team in that Super Bowl. So I, I think you would be in a lot of trouble if you're an AFC team coming to SoFi Stadium if the 49ers make the Super Bowl, because that place will be fucking packed with Niners fans.
0: <laughs> there's Yeah, the Niners fans uh, travel better than the Rams, so they'll be in there too. But there's a good segue to this game. Uh, San Francisco 49ers at L.A. Rams. That's a Sunday evening
1: kickoff. I can in good conscience take Jimmy Garoppolo to go to the Super Bowl. I just can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it. I want it to be Matthew Stafford. That's my preference. Sure. I want it to be Matthew Stafford, if only so that... Lions fans can feel like they got something, you know? <laughs> so, like, <laughs> it. I feel like Lions fans do not feel betrayed by Matthew Stafford at all. I feel like they would rejoice a victory for him. Um, the only problem I have with picking the Rams is, like, well, then fucking Odell wins one, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I would really like to see Odell suffer more. And um, we've talked about it conceptually a lot, what the Rams have done with their team and the way they've built it is an anathema to the way I view team building but that's why I'm not an NFL executive. So, if the Rams get back there, that would be the second time in 4 years. That'd be pretty fucking impressive. And it would be after a, you know, kind of hollowing themselves out for free agents and big money guys, but it it works. I mean, it clearly works. Um they're they're in the NFC Championship game for the second time in 4 years.
0: Well, so are the Niners, am I right? And True. they would be going to the Super Bowl too, second time in 4 years. And um yeah, Gar- Garoppolo has been to the Super Bowl. I know it's it's weird to say it, but hey, he's already been there. Uh, I think all of these reasons <laughs> are done that. Yeah, I, I, and that and what I saw the Niners do to the Rams the last week of the season. Now the Niners had more to lose there, but yeah, they like I said they they seem to understand the Rams. I think they're living in their head a little bit. So in my mind, I'm going to go with the Niners in this one.
1: Damn, I, I feel go, like the Niners threw that game in Week 18. I honestly do. You mean the Rams did? Oh, sorry, yeah. I feel like I feel like the Rams threw that game in Week 18.
0: Well, I mean, looking back at it would make a whole lot of sense too, because watching how that game folded unfolded, there was like that's ridiculous. But boy, um, then they're getting exactly what they wanted because here comes the Niners right back. They could have won. Wa- they could have ended it for them and worried about the Saints and see if they got there. But um, you know what? It, it, that's playing. 5D chess if that's how it worked for the Rams because now they're playing at home instead of like in Lambeau. Uh, So good for the Rams. Uh, I would kind of maybe I want to see them in there because of Stafford too. I think most of the Niners, you know you guys have been to the Super Bowl pretty recently and you have a lot of success in the Super Bowl as a franchise. So in my heart, I think I want the Rams to go but I think the Niners, the way they run the ball, the way Debo's been playing they're going to do it. So I have the Niners going as a Niners Chiefs uh, Super Bowl rematch um the Bengals as a franchise i think the only two times they've been to the super bowl is versus the 49ers am i right on that
1: yep boomer aside in both times did not enjoy his trip there
0: <laughs> so here's their chance again finally to to return after all these years and it could be the niners again it could be Bengals niners once more Which uh, should be an interesting one to look at um i guess in my in my heart though I want a Bengals Rams Super Bowl and that's why I'm picking opposite cuz I know ne- I never get it. <laughs> but no, I I just say uh, I think it's going to be uh my my pick at this point will be Chiefs 49ers. Okay. Yeah, I don't
1: uh I don't hate that. I I think that's I think that's a lot of fucking fun. I mean, whoever wins these games, I'm going to be happy with my Super Bowl. I think you know, so too. If it's if it's Burrow versus Stafford, it's that's great. If it's mm. Jimmy G versus uh Mahomes that's great it's another rematch if it's if it's uh Jimmy G versus fucking Joe Burrow anybody or, yeah. Joe yeah. Burrow that's fine too you know it's um I, I i you can't go wrong man you just fucking can't go wrong it's fantastic
0: yeah these are some so great exciting. teams yeah and it's it's fun that we're at this point so hey uh that's sunday no game saturday uh unfortunately this week which is like our first time in a month and you know, n- nothing else going on there, so uh, we're down to just two games to watch, but uh, the Super Bowl will be here before we know it, and then, Dan, what comes after the Super Bowl for Push-Up Podcast?
1: Scouting! <laughs> hey, look out. Scouting, motherfucker!
0: Uh, so the fun never ends, is what we're trying to tell everybody. Uh, but and you can bet
1: your ass I've been scouting. <laughs>
0: fun never ends but uh the show must unfortunately the show must for the week uh but before we bid adieu um thank you guys so much for listening this week we had a lot of fun this week with the push-up podcast and uh returning to you after missing the, the week prior but uh obviously with good reasons so you know quell on that um <laughs> le- yeah, I got you some... had a baby yeah come on now give me some time uh i've got some crazy stats for us though to to leave us with so Ooh. here we go. Um, the season's passing yard leader has never won the Super Bowl, and it will continue this year because Tom Brady Oof. was the season passing yard leader, 5,316 yards this year. That makes it 0 for 56 of a passing, the, the, the the quarterback who leads the, the league in passing, not winning the Super Kurt,
1: Bowl. Kurt Warner didn't lead the league in passing in the that year? That's insane. The You know he, he must have turf year?
0: He maybe he led it the year that they lost to the Patriots, but maybe not the year prior uh when they they won to the Titans. Maybe it was a different quarterback that okay. year? That's what they're saying. You have to look it up. What year was it? That was 19 That was 2009?
1: 90, 99. What was the 99 Rams and then the 2001 yeah. 2000 Super Bowl um, was the right? yeah. Okay. Um okay. Oh my god, you know who it was? Tell me. Steve Berline. For the Panthers? For the Panthers. Steve God. Berline. I was like, how the fuck was that not curve-wornering?
0: leader. That was wild. Steve
1: Berline was the passing leader. He beat him by almost 100 yards. I guess the Panthers were maybe a playoff team that year? I, I would hope so. Jesus. Well, <laughs> no, they only won 8-8. Eight and eight, Jeez. So maybe not.
0: There it is. Um, this is the first time... Uh, all four games in the divisional round uh ended in walk off scores. Dan was doing now, you were doing the research heading into that Chiefs game if it would have been all road teams.
1: It it had that which has never happened. It happened once in a wild card round, but it has never happened that all four road teams have won in a divisional matchup, so we got three for four.
0: Which would have been wild because up until last year you had two teams two teams on both sides with bye weeks and stuff like that and rest and all that to have all of the the teams that had a buy to lose that would have been wild. And we yeah, we almost got it this week uh with the new lineup. And then too, this is the first time since 2010 that the championship game will have no Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Wow, in 12 years, our first time.
1: It's, it's usually Aaron Rodgers losing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, poor bastard.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. And then uh, also first time since 2010 that neither team in the AFC Championship game will be wearing blue. And that's just a little something oh, yeah. from me. How about it? Strange. <laughs> <laughs> um, finally, the, the last, the years it has been since each of these teams have been to the Super Bowl. It's obviously the Chiefs were there just last year, 49ers just two years ago. Rams just the years before that, three years ago, and the Bengals just uh, thirty-three years ago. So one of these things is not like the other.
1: I uh, am but, thirty-five. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's our that's our show. Those are the crazy stats. That's what we have for you this week, you guys. Uh Dan, will you leave
1: us with some parting words of wisdom? Parenting is hard, Scott. Mm. But you know what's harder? Making the fucking Super Bowl. Because anybody can pop out a kid. Fuck, I've done it three times. I'm not even that good at this shit. (laughs) But to make it to the Super Bowl might be a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Talk to our good friend, you know, Dan Marino. Once. Only happened once. Howie Long only went twice. Holy shit. It's such a rare occurrence. And four teams have a chance to make it to the Super Bowl. Uh... Two of them for the first time in a long, long time. So it's going to be an exciting weekend. I'm just fucking thrilled. Uh, Making a Super Bowl way harder than having a child. (laughs) There it is. Okay. Uh, Well, there it is, everybody. Thank you guys so much for joining
0: us for another episode of the Push Off Podcast. I am Scott. And this is Dan. Enjoy championship weekend, and we will discuss it next week with you. Goodbye.
1: It's true. Parenting's not that hard. No, it's so easy.